fascinating facts, candid conversations, and some levity to lighten your day. This is The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. So glad you're spending this hour with me. It's The Kale Clark Show, 888-914-9149. That's the number to call toll-free to talk to me, 888-914-9149. We're going to talk about the viral hit, Rich Men North of Richmond. Really want to know your thoughts. Again, 888-914-9149. You can also email the program. Kale, C-A-L-E, at RelevantRadio.com is the address. And you can find me on the X app at Kale Clark, C-A-L-E, Clark with an E. So let me just jump right into this. Um, Early in the month of August, nobody outside of maybe friends and family had ever heard of this guy named Oliver Anthony. And all of a sudden, within a few days, he's got four of the top ten songs on iTunes. And in fact, three of his four songs that are out there have been downloaded, at least in that time period, more than those of Taylor Swift. He was able to crush Taylor Swift on the charts. Jason Aldean, he was beating Jason Aldean, a big country star. This is incredible. He's got no radio contacts. There's certainly no payolas going on here, that's, that's for sure. There's no, he doesn't have, didn't have an agent, maybe he does now. Didn't even have a, a studio. He was doing this all outdoors, it was being filmed on a smartphone and a YouTube channel that had to do with Appalachian music posted one of Oliver Anthony's songs. And you probably have heard about this by now, and if you haven't, you know what rock have you been living under? It's called Rich Men North of Richmond. Here's a little clip from the song. Check it out. I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours, so I can sit out here and waste my life away. Drag back home and drown my troubles away It's a shame What the world's gotten to For people like me People like you Wish I could just wake up And it not be true But it is Oh, it is Living Okay, so I, I, I don't know if you've heard this tune But, but <laughs> millions, if not billions, have now Somehow this got picked up Somehow this went viral on social media and the rest is now history. So how did this all happen? Well, John Harris wrote, wrote an article about this for TruthScript, and he talked about a little bit of the, the background and, and why this went viral, why it's so popular. I wonder what you think of this song and the phenomenon behind it, Rich Men North of Richmond, 888-914-9149. It's a toll-free line for The Kale Clark Show. So, by the way, Richmond here, we're talking about Richmond, Virginia, OVS, as the kids say, OVS. Um, and what this song is really all about, it, it's about ordinary, everyday lives of people in middle America. Country music fans, a lot of them. Bible-believing people. You know, a lot of them in the Bible Belt, as it were. And Oliver... Anthony himself lives in Virginia on a farm, a 90-acre farm. And it's all about how the Richmond north of Richmond, and that's kind of a a phrase, a catch-all phrase representing the cultural elites, and it could be record executives in Nashville, even even evangelical organizations, uh, large prominent churches and pastors, some of them who have criticized Oliver Anthony for this song, for his lyrics, for his views. And it's this, this whole idea that nobody sympathizes with the ordinary, common 
working men and women of America, the problems that they're having. And, and the elites of society, the 1%, they, they don't want to hear about this. In fact, they have a vested interest, perhaps, in, in keeping these people down, as it were. So I think he obviously struck a chord, no pun intended, with, with this song, Oliver Anthony, and he's calling out things like people taking advantage of welfare. He, he got a lot of heat for this one, believe me. Um, anti-masculine standards. Uh, John Harris says that that's a big theme of, of the song. And, and even calling out um, re- incredibly, unspeakably evil things like Epstein's Island. That, 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 that features in his song. And so it's the righteous indignation if you will, of a betrayed people who pay their taxes, but they can't seem to get ahead. They can't seem to feed their own families. The dollar is, is devalued. Um, and that's, that's happening in more than one way, in more than one way. Inflation was running, what, about 9% last year. It's calmed down a little bit, but, but not much. These are inflationary times. A lot of people living in the so-called flyover states, the heartland of America, even in the big cities, too, but, but certainly in the Rust Belt, places like that, they can't seem to get ahead in life. They can't seem to feed their families. Forget about university tuition for their kids. That seems like a, like a distant dream. And this, these are the people that... It reminds me a lot of something that, that Donald Trump said when he was inaugurated as president in, in early 2017 when he made his inauguration speech in Washington. I remember he talked about the forgotten man. He kept talking about the forgotten man. And he said, you will be forgotten no more. And these are, in many cases, the people that helped uh, Donald Trump sweep to power and get, and get elected because they felt disenfranchised. And so Oliver Anthony is kind of, is kind of tapping into that once again. And uh, one writer calls this American populism, American populism, elites who, who are trying to force their points of view and ideologies on, on people that just really don't want to have any part of it, that just kind of want to be left alone. And so Anthony Oliver has become sort of the spokesperson for this movement. I want to read to you the lyrics of this song, Rich Men North of Richmond. Just a, we cut a little clip of it. I don't want this to turn into, you know, Country 98.5. So I, I will, I, we won't play it anymore, and I promise I won't do karaoke for it. Just this time, okay? Uh, in the future, I, I make no promises. But triple eight nine one four nine one four nine is the toll-free line to call to talk to me on the Kale Clark Show. So he- here are the full lyrics, and there are a couple of... Um, there's a little bit of salty language here. I'm going to sanitize that for you. Producer Jim, you might have noticed he actually just got it right out of the song. Um, so he- here are the lyrics. Richmond, North of Richmond by Oliver Anthony. He says, well, I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for bull crud pay. All right, so I sanitized that one for you. I think you know what he probably said. So I can sit out here and waste my life away, drag back home and drown my troubles away. Obviously, that's a reference to turning to the bottle, turning to the demon drink, if you will, to to kind of ease the pain. And he himself had struggled with that. He's very open about that. Here's the lyrics. Let's keep going here. It's a darn shame. I changed that a little bit for you. It's a darn shame what the world's gotten to for people like me and people like you. 
Wish I could just wake up and it not be true. But it is. Oh, it is. Living in the new world with an old soul. These rich men north of Richmond, Lord, Lord knows they all just want to have total control. Want to know what you think. Want to know what you do. And they don't think you know. But I know that you do. Because your dollar ain't crud. You use the S word there. Because your dollar ain't crud and it's taxed to no end because of rich men north of Richmond. I wish politicians would look out for miners. And, and by the way, he means coal miners, M-I-N-E-R-S, and not just miners, M-I-N-O-R-S, on an island somewhere. And that's a not-so-veiled reference, of course, to the horrific uh, tragedy of Epstein's Island and all the elites that are allegedly going there. We still don't have the list of all the people that have gone there. He continues on. Lord, we got folks in the street, ain't got nothing to eat, and the obese milk and welfare. Oh, yeah, this is one of the lines that he took a lot, of, a lot of heat for. And the obese milk and welfare. But God, if you're five foot three and you're 300 pounds, taxes ought not to pay for your bags of fudge rounds. Okay, so you, you, might, you might chuckle at that. Uh, you might find that extremely offensive. Many people did. I didn't write it, folks. I'm just, these are the lyrics to the song. 888-914-9149. These are the lyrics to Richmond, North of Richmond by Oliver, Oliver Anthony, the viral sensation uh, that you've probably heard of by now. He goes on to write these words, Young men are putting themselves six feet in the ground because all this darn country does, and again, I sanitize that, all this darn country does is keep on kicking them down Lord, it's a darn shame what the world's gotten to for people like me and people like you. Wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is. Oh, it is. Living in the new world with an old soul, these rich men north of Richmond, Lord knows they all. Just want to have total control. Want to know what you think. Want to know what you do. And they don't think you know, but I know that you do. Because your dollar ain't crud and it's taxed to no end because of rich men north of Richmond. I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours, for bull crud pay. So th that, that, that's the song. That's the song. And, and to say that it has uh, hit a nerve is the understatement of the year. You're listening to The K.O. Clark Show on Relevant Radio, 888-914-9149. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. So... Oliver Anthony, by the way, after this, this kind of went, became a smash and, and, and everybody on the internet was talking about this. This was the trending topic uh, this month on, on the X app, on Twitter, everywhere, really. He, he got a big gig, if you will, at a North Carolina farm market. He did a concert there and he played there before. And he said only 20 people showed up the first time he was there, but this time it was packed out. And here's what he said when he, when he opened that concert. He said, quote, it's crazy to me because I remember back in June, I played here for about 20 people, but that's the beautiful part of this country, though, is even an idiot like me can make something happen. So if I can do it, you can do it, end of quote. And then he did something really amazing. Uh, he took his Bible and he opened it up to Psalm 37, and he, and he started reading from that psalm. And, it's, it's, and that's, a, that's an interesting psalm to choose, by the way. And uh, time permitting, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about that psalm 
and it was written towards the end of King David's life. And one of the big themes is God's judgment on the wicked and on the evildoers. Even though it might seem like they're prospering now, God will have the final word. Unless they repent, it's not going to be pretty for them. So he actually, and you can you can find video of this online, by the way, when he's reading Psalm 37, Oliver Anthony, he, he kind of chokes up when he, when he reads this line. Though the Lord's enemies are like the flowers of the field. I mean, it's just, they're abundant. They're everywhere. Though the Lord's enemies are like the flowers of the field, they will be consumed and they will go up in smoke. In some translations it says they, they will vanish like smoke. And the crowd just absolutely goes wild for this. And, and so he, he's really tapping into the faith of the common man, I think, as well in, in America. You're listening to the K.O. Clark Show on Relevant Radio. So he, he's been doing this for a little while. This, this is not his, his first, you know, the first time he tried to, to put a song out on the Internet. He's been doing this since 2021. And again, he's got a, he's got a farm in central Virginia. It's about 90 acres. And a lot of his songs are about that. They're about farming. They're about uh, somehow finding contentment, uh, even though one might be poor, materially speaking. Uh, nostalgia for the way things used to be, the importance of family, the importance of one's religion, the importance of one's community, and you know some trepidation about the spread of urbanization, um, groupthink amongst amongst the people, and of course he also throws in a lot of, a lot of stuff in there about dogs, trucks, moonshine. <laughs> kind of have to do that for country music, and in fact. Um, in one of his, his songs called Rich Man's Gold, there's a line that says, you weren't born just to pay bills and die. And, and that's, that's an important thought, too, that a lot of people are just, just trying to survive this life, and they're not, they're not thriving in any way, uh, spiritually, materially, even physically. And like I said, there are a lot of people who, who this message is resonating with millions of people, but obviously there are a lot of people that, that it's rubbing them the wrong way, too. And John Harris, in his article, talk, talked about some of his critics, some of Oliver Anthony's critics, uh, when he put out the song, Rich Men North of Richmond, 888-914-9149 is the number to call if you want to give me your take. Uh, Patrick Alog's work in the phones, you'll take your call, 888-914-9149. So... There was, there was a there was an author and a journalist who who actually said this this song is about white supremacy and I, I I just I think that's a ridiculous accusation I really do I don't think this has anything to do with race at all in fact on YouTube and uh, I, I can't remember where I saw this but uh, but there was one video that I saw where where they were getting people's reactions to the song just when it was kind of breaking out and, and going viral and they actually there were a number of African American influencers on YouTube and on social media that were listening to the song for the first time. It was kind of video, videoing their reactions live in real time as they're hearing it. And a lot of them were just like, wow. And it was speaking to them and to their experience as well. A lot of them got choked up on camera and just found it very powerful. So I, I, I don't buy that argument at all. Uh, James Lindsay has, has argued that um, this is appealing to biblical authority to justify an incorrect message. And, and obviously, Oliver Anthony quoting the Psalms at his concerts kind of kind of adds to that. The National Review put, on, put out an article saying, oh, things really aren't that bad as he's trying to paint them to be. Uh, a Texas pastor 
said that any, anybody who's a fan of Oliver Anthony is essentially a hypocrite because, hey, he's reading Psalm 37, he's reading about the judgment of God upon the wicked, and people are saying, yeah, that's awesome, thinking that they're, of course, among the righteous, and, and the wicked is essentially everybody else. This, this psalm doesn't apply potentially to them. Like, we don't need to repent. That, that's, you know, a fair point. We have to be really careful about that. Um, the sort of us versus them mentality, and, and we're on the right side, and... Um, you know, hopefully we are, but you know, if God were to stamp out every, every single sin in the universe right now, look in the mirror, honestly, can you say that you, you'd be exempt from this? So, so we have to be humble in that sense as well. Um, another pastor in Washington, D.C. was upset with Oliver Anthony for using the Bible and also promoting a song that uses profane language that God hates. And, you know, there, there are a couple of salty words, a couple of uh, you know, words we'd have to bleep out on a, on a family program like this. I think that's a little bit of pearl clutching there. This, this is a song. It's, he's not singing it in church per se. Um, we could have another discussion about this. What actually constitutes swearing? Um, is the S word a swear word? You know, is, it, is it you know a little bit rough? Absolutely. But anyways, that, that's another story. But I think a lot of these critics are kind of missing the point of, of what Oliver Anthony is trying to say. And, and another thing about the song that people are really kind of, you know, plugging into is, is just how heartfelt it is. I mean, it, his voice is very raw. It's, it's, I mean, it kind of hits you in the gut. And you don't really hear this kind of music, especially, you know, um, the new country music, which I, which I love, by the way. But a lot of it's very polished. It's very, it's almost very poppy, if you will. What used to be pop music is now country music at least that's the way it seems to me and this sort of raw guttural plea it's it's very rare to 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 kind of capture that and and it is coming from a real place i think and in fact uh, before before everything went viral with richmond north of richmond oliver anthony posted a video that he filmed in his truck when he was talking about like why why i sing with so much pain in my voice he said this he said quote in 2021 Things were obviously not good for a lot of people, and in some respects, I was one of those people. And then he talked about how he turned to substance abuse. He turned to, to booze. And that's in the song, too. It's people coming home from work, and they're discouraged, and they just hit the bottle because they they're looking for some sort of relief. And he tried to do that as well. Uh, alcohol, drugs as well. And it didn't work. It didn't work. And he eventually found that helping people through his music... Uh, help to give him a sense of purpose and also finding finding God as well. In fact, uh, he used to be an agnostic, Oliver Anthony, and he said he was very angry at God. And of course, don't forget, that was at, at the height of COVID, the restrictions. Life was incredibly hard for a lot of people, the lockdowns. And he, he just kind of hit rock bottom. And, and in his songs, he talked about hardworking people that he knew. He worked alongside them in a factory, in construction. They just couldn't seem to get ahead in life. And he said, I want to be a voice for those people. And at the end of his video, he talked about being an agnostic. He was, he was mad at God. But he, he somehow was able to find faith. And, and he said, quote, there is a divine creator who loves you. And sometimes it takes falling down on your knees and getting ready to call it quits before it becomes obvious that he's there, end of quote. 
I find this fascinating as well that that some people like like Oliver Anthony they seem to only find the rock when they hit rock bottom, the rock of faith. You know, Christ is 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 that solid rock, the cornerstone. I know Peter's the rock too, but but you know he kind of shares in the, in the rockiness of Christ, as it were. He's a chip off the old rock. So uh, we'll have more about this, but I really want to hear your take on this. Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. We're talking about that viral sensation. What it all means, Richmond, north of Richmond. It's the Kale Clark Show, only on Relevant Radio. Be right back. Yes, that number to call, 888 I want to get your take on that viral sensation by Oliver, by Oliver Anthony. He's got a few other songs that have hit the top of the charts, even knocking Taylor Swift off her perch. It's called Rich Men North of Richmond. Let's go to the phones right now, 888-914-9149. Let's go to Mike in Michigan in the Detroit area. Hello, Mike. Hi. Um, yeah, regarding, you know, Oliver Anthony's uh, song, I, I never heard the song. I'm sure it's a catchy tune as well. Um, mm-hmm. Just based on your, you know, the description of the lyrics you said, though, I mean, it seems like it's kind of a, you know, anti-big civil government, right? God, God, isn't, uh, God is the one who saves. It's not government who saves, right? Our mm-hmm. founders created a limited government, and, and, and people who are dependent on the government due to sloth and gluttony are, 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 you know, headed towards a, you know, a, a bankrupt policy for, for the whole nation. I, and I, and I think, you know, we got to get back to families. We got to get back to limited government. And I don't think that's an, I don't, I don't hear it as racist. I hear it as, uh, you know, away from the group think and back to, you know, small yeah. limited government. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I certainly don't think it's a racist song. And as I said before the break, there, there are, videos on YouTube of African-American influencers listening to the song and loving the song, and, and, and it's resonating with them, too. Some of them moved to tears, saying, this is my experience as well. And uh, I think, you know, uh, yeah, I think this is a very common experience for, for a lot of Americans living uh, that aren't part of the elite. And, and, I, and yeah, I do, I do think it's probably a shot at big government in a lot of ways. And the group, think, as, as you mentioned, and so, yeah, I really appreciate that comment, Mike. Thanks for calling in from the Detroit area where we have a couple of new relevant radio stations. All right, let's go to Sue in Minneapolis. Hello, Sue. Oh, how are you? Good, good. What, what's your take on all this, Sue? Well, I actually have to agree with everything Mike just said. I kind of feel the same way. And when you mentioned that there are people that are offended, you know, first of all, people that are, it's, it's a huge song which I had not heard until I just was listening to your station here. And, but listening to the lyrics, I think it's huge because it's just so full of truth. And the truth that people are hearing that maybe don't like to hear that are convicted. So those that are offended are because it might be convicting. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, that's, that's kind a great of what point. I, that was kind of my take. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, we all have a tendency to, uh, you know, the, the things that bother us about other people, they're very often things that are going on in our own hearts, and we just see it in somebody else, and it, and it does kind of get at us. And, and maybe it is convicting for a lot of people. There, there's no question about it. And he certainly has touched a nerve. He certainly reached into the psyche of those who are in those quote-unquote flyover states, if you will, uh, who are living this life and, and can't seem to to get ahead. He talks a lot about the, the devaluation of the dollar. And I think I think it's more than just, you know, your, your money doesn't go as far as it used to because of inflation. Um, it's kind of a sidebar topic, but I, I just read a paper, and I, I might talk about this another time because I'm just trying to learn more about it. There's a real move in the world to try to get rid of or at least minimize the U.S. dollar as, as the world's reserve currency. And it wasn't always that way. It used to be, of course, British sterling, right, the British pound, and, and then it became the U.S. dollar. And now there's this real move, the the renminbi uh, from China. A lot, of pe- a lot of countries are trying to, especially countries that are aligned politically with China, are trying to position this as a, as a reserve currency. Part of it is that people feel that the United States has been very interventionist. If they don't like a certain country's policy, they'll, they'll slap all these sanctions on them, and it's very punishing for their economies. So they're like, we want to move away from the U.S. dollar. We want to devalue the dollar. So that could be happening on a, on a global scale, not, not just you know in terms of your dollar being devalued at home. And that again, that's another topic for another day. I'm just starting to learn about that, but I, I think, wow, this is... So the, the concept is the world might be moving to a, a sort of a bipolar uh, currency situation in which half the world is kind of using the U.S. dollar as a reserve currency and the other half is using, using the renminbi, which I'd never even heard of from, from China, um, as, as its reserve currency. So we'll, we'll have to see how that all plays out. I think that will take some time. That will take some time, but it easily could happen. Again, that's kind of a sidebar note to, to all this, but you're listening to The K.O. Clark Show on Relevant Radio, 888-914-9149. Let's go to Art in Milwaukee. Hello, Art. Yeah, Oliver Anthony reminds me a lot of Stephen Stills' 68 Buffalo Springfield for what it's worth. And okay. also his solo album, Word Game. You know, uh, you know, going up against the government, the New World Order, and this kind of stuff. Stills did a lot of this stuff. I just wanted to comment on that. Mm-hmm. He reminds me of Stephen Stills. Thank okay, you, sir. No, well, would, th- would this be Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young? That Stills? Okay, he's gone now. But uh, probably the same guy. I, I haven't heard that that tune. Uh, interesting. And, and obviously, th- this kind of thing is not new to popular music. It, it's kind of been in the been the ether for, for many, many years. You're listening to The K.O. Clark Show, 888 Let's go to Rita in Las Vegas. Rita in Vegas. Hey, Rita. Hey, it's my first time on the radio also. Hey, Um, welcome, welcome. I'm really just blown away by the lyrics that this young man feels that comes from his heart. And it has touched a lot of people's nerves. Um, I think that that's how God works. So he brings down the rich Hmm. and raises up the poor. And so with Unfortunately, Taylor Swift has been on that high for so long that I think she's kind of lost her way. And so this is God's way of waking up the world through a poor man and through his words of truth. And so I think a lot of people are going to be knocked off their thrones. But we do have to wake up as a world. 
because, like you were saying, the world is turning. This global world is turning, and they're trying to devalue our money into the digital currency so that we have no control over our hard-working money. Yeah, that, that's a great take, Rita. That's uh, for your first time on the radio. You, you did quite well there, and uh, you articulated your thoughts very, very well. Thank you for that call from Las Vegas. We always get a lot of great calls from Vegas, producer Jim. It's a great, great market for us. And uh, I got to tell you, yeah, it, it, I, I should probably say this too. I've actually been to a Taylor Swift concert. I did not pay for the ticket. I did not pay for the ticket. Uh, Taylor herself gave me the ticket and said, hey, why don't you come on? No, 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 no. I don't know her. Believe me. Uh, but no, it, it was kind of a thing. Military families, I have a relative was in the military, and they, they somehow came up with Taylor Swift tickets for uh, military families and their friends as kind of a thank you. And, and uh, I went with my wife and, and some, some relatives, and by far the loudest concert I've ever been to in my life. I am so glad I brought earplugs. I would be deaf right now if I hadn't. Uh, it was Taylor Swift at the Sky Dome, her last tour. I think it was called the Reputation Tour, and it was quite a spectacle, I'll tell you that. And, of course, she's just packing out stadiums all over the world right now, and there, there are lotteries that people are trying to even have a chance to buy tickets. And, yeah, so to, to topple somebody like Taylor Swift off the charts, who's at, really at the top of her game, maybe bigger than anybody in history in terms of a touring act and what she's pulling in. And, and that theme that Rita mentioned, that sort of the great reversal theme where the lowly are, are exalted by by God to 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 sort of remind us of a truth. I think about something like Mother Teresa, and I always go back to the juxtaposition between Mother Teresa and Princess Diana, because obviously they died at about the same time. Uh, one was considered a great beauty, one was considered so glamorous and, and, and part of the elite of society, let's face it. Uh, although she rose to that, what didn't come by it naturally was kind of you know, plucked by Prince Charles, and hey, you're now you know part of the royal family, and, and and somebody like Mother Teresa, who didn't have beauty in the eyes of some, but was actually far more beautiful than many of those. Beauty from the in, interiorly beautiful, I mean, radiating from her from her soul. Uh, I always think about that. Not not that you know, and again, I'm not trying to disparage Diana's character or anything like that, but but. God will tend to do this from time to time to, to sort of remind us of things. And is Oliver Anthony an instrument that's being used by divine providence? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's God can use anybody. God can use anything. God can use you and I to, to, to speak a word of truth into people's lives. And I, I do think it's really fascinating, again, that he is reading Psalm 37, of all things, before his concerts. I'll try to get into that if I can in the next few minutes, what that really means. Let's go now to Bangor, Maine. Brian, Brian, welcome back. It's good to have you. Hi, Kale. Um, can you hear me? Yeah, sure can. Yeah, loud and clear. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, great show as usual. Um, the I haven't heard the song yet, but I've been kind of following along. Mm -hmm. And uh, something came to mind. We live in Bangor, as you know, and, and uh, there's a elementary school or middle school, uh, uh, Senator William Cohen's uh, school. And mm. all four kids went there, so we were, were, you know, quite a bit of the background. And I, I read an article once uh, with Senator Cohen. It was like a mini biography. And he made a comment that kind of resonated um, with this topic about about the, this, this uh, song you're, you're talking about. And he said, mm. 
you know, he, of course, he was a senator and he was in the House of Representatives and he was Secretary of Defense under Bill Clinton. And he made a comment that, that he said he had aspirations when he was younger to be president. Hmm. And when he got to a certain point, when he was Senator and Secretary of Defense, he realized he would have to sacrifice his ethics mm. to move move any forward in, in in an office, and I just thought that was a really sad commentary yeah. on our, our state of our you know political structure and so forth. And over the past few years, of of kind of, I think of that often when I see some of the policies that are happening and so forth. So. Yeah, I, I can definitely, I'll take a few of these uh, colorful words in the song, but it, I think it <laughs> resonates with a lot of people. Oh, it, it sure has, Brian. And yeah, it, what you're saying in terms of, uh, you know, the, having to sacrifice your ethics to, to advance politically, that's a sad commentary, isn't it? And I've, I've often said, I really don't think, were he alive today, I really don't think Abraham Lincoln would be electable today because of that. He was just too honest. That's that, that, that ought not to be that way, my friends. But um, that is sad that uh, when we look at um, candidates who present themselves for public office, I mean, very often they're not in the, they're not in it for the right reasons. And I don't want to make that judgment call about everybody. Maybe a lot of times when people start off with pure intentions, but but they get corrupted in the system. It kind of gets to them. They have to play the game in order to operate. And some people, by the way, even with Oliver Anthony, people are starting to, and I don't know much about this. I just kind of caught this really quickly on social media, just doing doing some research for the show. A lot of people are saying that he's now capitulating to the Richmond, north of Richmond, that he's you know, on the verge of signing maybe a big record deal with one of these companies and, and is now maybe, you know, not quite so strident in his views. I don't know if that's the case. I, I really don't know. You, you guys will have to uh, do the work and, and research that, but... Um, I'd love to hear more of what you guys think about this. 888-914-9149. It's Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. Thanks for calling in, Brian. It's always great to hear from you. Call back any time. Here's another thing I saw on... Uh, we got to take a break in just a second, but it, this is another interesting kind of... shows about faith, facts, and fun. I thought this was kind of fun. I saw this on social media as well. It was, a, it was a little meme. It was a little meme... And uh, let me see if I can find it here. Just just hang on. It's basically, it was one of those things, you know, what's behind door number one, what's behind door number two, or door number three? Which would you choose if you could only open one door? You can kind of imagine the image. Behind door number one is your soulmate. Your soulmate. Behind door number two, there's $70 million. $70 million. Behind door number three, there's a time machine. Which door would you open and why? I'm going to throw that out there as well. If anybody wants to answer that question, um, which door would you open and why? And why? If behind door number one was your soulmate, behind door number two was $70 million, and door number three would give you a time machine. That's an interesting choice. I, know, I think I know which one I would choose, but uh, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. 888-914-9149. Try to get also into a little bit of, of what... Psalm 37 is about, which which was really kind of choking up Oliver Anthony before his concert. He's reading this out to people, uh, this sort of idea of the judgment of God on the wicked, the vindication of the righteous. We'll get into that much more. 888-914-9149. It's Kale Clark Show, only on Relevant Radio. Be right back. 
helping you keep your mind off traffic and on the more important things in life. It's Kale Clark on Relevant Radio. Hey, welcome back to the program. 888-914-9149 is the number to call toll-free to talk to me. And uh, we, we talked about earlier, we were discussing the viral hit sensation, Rich Men North of Richmond by an Appalachian music singer living in Virginia, Oliver Anthony. It went viral. It kind of filmed it on a smartphone. doesn't have a record deal. doesn't have any insider industry connections. went viral. The Internet got a hold of it, and he's now knocked Taylor Swift off her perch. You guys had a lot of thoughts on that. I also threw out a question just before the break. Kind of a fun meme I saw on social media. There are three doors before you. Behind door number one is your soulmate. Behind door number two is $70 million. Behind door number three is a time machine. Which door would you open and why? You can answer that one, too, just for fun. 888-914-9149. Let's go to John, who's driving his truck through the state of Wisconsin. Hello, John. Afternoon. Good good to hear from you. Good to hear from you, and thank you for what yeah, you're man. doing. Well, I appreciate you taking my call. I think this song definitely came at the right time with the elections coming up and the way that yeah. the government's been treating people and Definitely not taking care of veterans, and uh, mm. definitely taking God out of school. So it's, it's definitely, yeah, it came at a good time for sure. Yeah, so it's resonating with you. It is, man. I like it. Especially, uh, I was a, a big Tyler Childers fan, and the last video that that gentleman came out with, with having males kissing in the video, something I never want to see. So it definitely, <laughs> definitely, came, definitely came at a good time. Yeah, I don't know who that guy is or what what that's all about, but uh, uh, John, hey, listen, I appreciate I appreciate you and what you're doing, and it's it's funny. Uh, Father Rocky on the Family Rosary Across America, producer Jim, who also produces the Rosary, was saying, "Hey, Father Rocky always puts truck drivers to the front of the line when they call in for prayer requests during the Rosary, so maybe you can as well uh, some evening with Father at uh, 7 p.m. Central here on Relevant Radio." But we appreciate you guys and what you do. Uh, bringing us whatever it is that you're you're carting, I don't know, but but my grandfather was a truck driver, and getting us food, getting us supplies. You guys are really the the heartbeat of of America in so many ways. So really, really appreciate you, John, making that call. John in Wisconsin in his truck, in his truck. I love it. I love. It. I should have got him to beep his horn for us before he uh, before he hung up. But anyways, next time, John. Next time, call back. Call back anytime. Let's go to Jim in Albuquerque. Hey, Jim. Hey, Kale. Um, I was calling to answer your question about the uh, let's make a deal. Yeah. Two or three doors. Um, Which door would you pick? I I would uh, choose the time machine, and then I would use it to go back in time, take the $70 million, move it behind the door with my soulmate, so then when I open (laughs) that door back in the present time, I'd have both. (laughs) That would be kind of nice. That would be kind of nice. Thanks for the call. The the time machine thing is kind of interesting. There are a lot of movies, of course, uh, about that. Uh, think about Back to the Future, of course. It's it's such a great great flick in that regard. And uh, producer Jim uh, and I were talking during during the break, and he mentioned the film The Butterfly Effect with Aston Kutcher. I've never seen that film, but is, Jim, is that sort of about the idea that you can mess things up by going in the time machine? You can kind of mess with the continuum and change the future in ways that are kind of unforeseen. Yeah, exactly. And and I haven't watched the full movie all the way through but that's kind of the concept exactly and so i mean I, I, the time machine i mean i love back to the future one of the best movies ever made but uh yeah i'll, I'll uh i'll uh, keep away from that 
Oh, hey, well, I'll tell you. The, the, I mean, and then the other thing, too, is it wasn't really part of the question was if you could go into the time machine knowing what you know now. I mean, yeah, I'd be making some pretty interesting investments in uh, Apple computer when it was beaten down and Amazon. Oh, yeah, there's this guy named Jeff Bezos. and Nobody thinks he's going to do anything. Uh, but, but if you could go back, you know, sort of not knowing, just kind of go back in time, that's kind of an interesting question. Uh, if you could go back to being a 19-year-old, let's say, and, and even at that state of your development, what, what would you do it? I think a lot of, speaking of rich men north of Richmond, people like Warren Buffett, people are often asked the question, would you trade places with Warren Buffett? Well, how old is Warren Buffett now? He's, he's, he's like, he's in his 90s, isn't he? He's very close to it. He's 88 or 90 or something like that. For, for all his vast wealth, I mean, one thing he doesn't have anymore, is 90, he's 92, so he doesn't, would you, would you trade places with him, have his largesse, if you will, but he doesn't have his youth anymore, and he'd probably want to trade places with you if you're much younger, because that is, is absolutely currency that you can never regain, that of time. So it's an interesting question, you know, behind door number one is your soulmate. Is there even such a thing as a soulmate? That's another question, too. I, I have some thoughts on that. Number two, $70 million is behind door number two. Would you take that? Or is it door number three, a time machine? Let's go to Mary in Atlanta, Georgia. Hello, Mary. Hey, Kale. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for calling. It's a lovely evening here in Atlanta. And I just wanted to say kudos to Oliver. Oliver has reached the hearts of, I think, not just Americans, but a lot of uh, people around the world. Mm -hmm. I think that song has really hit the core for a lot of people. And I would pick door number one. Door number one. Yeah, I work in the elder care industry, and I Mm -hmm. work with a lot of wealthy people who have nobody at the end of the day but their money. Mm. And money does not bring, doesn't bring back your youth, doesn't always give you joy. Yep. It has. It ends up. It ends up being used for, to pay for people like me to take care of people who mm-hmm. don't have loved ones at the end of the day to take care of them. So, door number one, all the way. And you probably see a lot of cases too, Mary, where loved ones are there, but they just don't want to. They don't want to take care of them, or they don't want to see their loved ones, which is which is you know pretty sad. But I'm sure you come across that as well. Oh, absolutely. It's a. It's it's very sad to be honest with you. Very sad. So, yeah, it, uh, you, you really have to have a heart for the people, and that's where I come in. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I got to see this a lot growing up as well because my mom uh, was a nurse in, in, in homes for the elderly, and she, that's what she did. She really cared for these, these people. I've talked about her before. My, my mom is very old school. And the way she was doing her nursing, she would wear the starch white uniforms, and, and the elderly patients they loved that because it was like this is this is what they remembered from decades and decades ago, uh, nurses being like, and and so there's that sort of sense of nostalgia for them. But yeah, very often uh, people will sort of shutter their 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 elderly relatives in these homes and never visit them, and they kind of out of sight, out of mind in so many ways. And and obviously during the during the pandemic, a lot of nursing homes were sort of hotbeds of the virus, and uh, they were locked down before anything else was locked down, and and many died, and it was just just an awful situation all around. But but yeah, this this, this whole idea of you know if you take the money, that comes with some problems as well, right? Like 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 the rapper Biggie Small said, "More money, more problems." Uh, it's kind of the lottery effect, if you will. You get that much cash, you're going to have a lot of new friends who maybe really aren't your friends. 
uh, family members, extended family members coming out of the woodwork uh, looking for things. Oh, can you lend me, you know, $10 million? You've got 70 You should be able to. Um, you know, no, don't worry about uh, the payback terms. Um, I don't know. It's, 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 um, that can present problems as well, and it's certainly... Uh, you can't buy happiness, that's for sure. You certainly can't buy love, as the Beatles sang about. Um, yeah, it's it's intriguing. It's intriguing. All right, let's go to Lisa in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Which door would you pick, Lisa? Hello. I actually had my son answer for me, Zach, so I'm going to give you Zach. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> hey, Zach. Hey. So uh, I thought about it a little, and I ended up picking door number three because... The time machine. You could either, in my mind, you could either go back and you could, knowing how the future will play out, you could invest your money in stocks. You could, mm-hmm. yep. you could warn yourself of mistakes or conversely, you could go into the future and you can see how you'll end up, what family will be around you so you can appreciate them more going towards the end. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, that, that's, that's Zach. Appreciate that. I think that's the first time we've ever had a, uh, somebody tag in on a phone conversation on the Kale Clark Show. But that's interesting, too. If you could take a time machine, most people want to go back to the past, but you know, fix something or to, to relive something that was a great period in their life. But going into the future, that's a whole other kettle of fish. Maybe you don't want to know what the future is. And, and it's kind of interesting because Jesus talked about this in, in the gospel. He said to his apostles, hey, I have many things. I have many things to tell you, but you cannot bear them now. Think about it. All of his apostles, except for one guy, John, and not that he had it easy by any stretch of the imagination, exiled on the island of Patmos. Uh, things were rough for him as well, but everybody else got martyred in, in sometimes very grisly ways. Now, if, that was, if you knew that was happening, um, that, that's tough to live with on a day-to-day basis. If you know that's your fate. Uh, like Our Lady, you know, a sword will pierce your own soul also. You know, when, at the dedication... <laughs> In the temple of our Lord, you know, the old man Simeon says this to her, and she kind of knows, you know, from the beginning, the, the cross is coming. It's always there um, before her, and she doesn't know exactly how that's going to play out, but th- that is, that's tough, you know, to live in the moment and not, not stress and not worry about that. But I, I think this, that's part of the answer, that God doesn't give us grace that we can stockpile and keep it in barns and, and keep it locked up and... and keep it in an account, we can kind of withdraw it when we need it. No, he gives it to us on the day of, in the moment, the grace that we need for this day, for that moment. So we've got to keep our, our mind, and I, I believe me, I'm preaching to myself here because I, I'm the worst at this. I'm a big worry wart. Uh, Mark Twain, uh, I think I, I saw another meme online, that something Mark Twain said, the ever-quotable Mark Twain. I think he said something like, those who worry, those who give in to worry, are paying a debt that they do not owe, that they do not owe. I mean, you're worrying about something that may or may not happen in the future, and you're stressing yourself out about it. You're, you're paying for that, and you're, you know, your increased cortisol, your, your, your mindset, it, it's, it's bringing you down. You're stressing, and sometimes there's a physical cost to pay. It's, it might not even happen. It might not even happen. I, I think it was also Mark Twain who said that, you know, I have carried thousands of crosses in my life. Only three of which came true. We we tend to sometimes worry about things that that might never actually happen. You're listening to the Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio Triple Eight Nine One Four Nine One Four Nine. Let's sneak in a couple calls here. James in Oceanside. Hello, James. How are you? Great, great. Long time listener, first time caller. 
Oh, well, welcome to the program. I always love that when, when first-time callers call in, so appreciate you, James. Which door would you open? I would take the one with the money, because even though money can't buy happiness, it sure makes misery easier to deal with. <laughs> you know, we had a house fire a couple years ago, oh. and um, my mother-in-law bought us the house, so it was like in her name, so we pay the mortgage. And um, we found out um, she didn't have insurance on it. So we've been, we had to use my wife's retirement to like pay for the demo and that contractor fell through. And, you know, if we had the money to pay for a contractor to finish that job, you know, that would solve a lot of the internal family problems we have Mm -hmm. right now, like the arguing that would fix that right off the bat. And that would be like less stress all around. I'm not saying it would cure the stress, but Mm -hmm. it would take away a great deal of it. You know, and if I had $70 million, I could get away with only working one job. I work two jobs right now. You know, I work for the school district during the day, and I'm a home health nurse at night. I'm an LVN by trade. Hmm. And so if I only had to work one job, that would be a lot of less stress on my end. I could afford, yeah. you know, to do the Lord's work and volunteer my time with charities and stuff, which hmm. I would like to do. You know, maybe you have a garden. It would just... Yeah. Having seventy million dollars would make my life easier. I'm not saying I would quit working because I'm pretty sure God wouldn't want me to languish and waste mm-hmm. my life that way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would still work, but I would be able to think. I think having seventy million dollars, I would actually be more productive hmm. than having you know tiring myself out with two jobs. Yeah, that's tough, and so many people have to do that. James, thank you so much for that call. Having having to work two jobs to make ends meet that that is. Stressful, and, and a lot of people they they sacrifice so much to support themselves, their their family, and yeah, it's a it's a tough call because you know having having these these gifts, you know, God's going to expect a lot of you. What are you using with your resources? What what are you doing with it? Those who've been given much, much will be demanded. But at the same time, those who are struggling, you know, it, it is a struggle to to make ends meet. And in the Old Testament, it says, "Give me neither poverty nor riches. If I have riches, I might forget about you." If I'm if I have poverty, I might I might curse you. I might steal, and so uh, that 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 golden means tough to come by. But we got to orient everything to God. Thanks for listening to the Kale Clark Show. Jim Shaper produced. Patrick Alog took your phone calls. Take it away, Michaela. Thank you for listening to my daddy.